that. And I know a few people might listen to this on replay. So, um, yeah, good to see everybody again. Obviously, like MB said, it's been a few weeks since we've done, done one of these. Um, so, obviously, putting together my thoughts still, and I'm sure everybody is, on what John Durham's doing and you know what the status of Russiagate is, broadly speaking. And as I look at what we know, you know, I, I don't see Durham having all the answers whenever he actually gets done. And one of the last things that anybody's able to do is actually predict the status of John Durham. You know, there's public reports out there that he's done, but, you know, it's really unclear right now. I mean, he could certainly open up another grand jury. He could go for another year or two. And as I started thinking about, like, the investigations, especially now that we have the House and we don't have the Senate. So you're not looking at getting like a bunch of legislation passed, right? It's going to be, you know, set up for two years of investigations. Saw today that, you know, the House Republicans are really keen in on Hunter Biden stuff, which I think is just dumb, quite honestly. Um, yeah, there's probably some substance there. There's probably influence peddling, uh, maybe some tax evasion, maybe some money laundering. And maybe Joe Biden is implicated. But the truth is, nobody cares. I mean, that stuff's been reported on for like two years. So what are you going to come up with that, um, you know, is going to be worth you know, throwing that out there like that? And I, and I think they lost points today, being that that was like the first thing they've done, right? They just officially took back the House yesterday. And literally the first thing they do is come out and announce they're going to investigate hunter biden and joe biden and it just smacks of like political desperation right it just um it looks like a revenge ploy and not a substantive investigation and i i even saw a note in one of the write-ups where they're talking about you know they're going to have regular updates for the press and it's like that is the the worst you know presentation of an investigation ever like it's just on the face of it it's politically motivated um, you know, it's not really in the oversight function of, you know, what they're supposed to be doing. And at the end of the day, you know, I don't think Joe Biden's going to run again. I don't think he's going to win again. And, you know, given that everybody's going to see it as a political smear campaign, you're not getting a whole lot of value out of it. Um, like I said, you know, there might be merit to some of those allegations, but it just doesn't move the ball at all. And, and in that context, you know, Rushgate has been like the big passion project, right? That's what a lot of us, you know, brings in a lot of us together to look at. Um, so obviously, you know, our bias is probably towards that anyway. But it's like there is a mountain of questions for Rushgate that remain unanswered. And, and I'm beside myself most days at how little press attention it's gotten, um, especially with what we've learned over the last you know, six, seven, eight months, um, you know, the media is not picking it up, but then the house Republicans aren't picking it up. Uh, I don't see them out there even talking about it, which is, which is inexcusable because there are some real questions out there. And, and as I was kind of getting into earlier, I, I don't think John Durham's going to have all the answers, right? His report's going to be somewhat limited. It's going to be subject to redactions. Um, you know, Anything that relates to sources and methods is going to be redacted. 
And you can sort of circumvent that, right? If the House Republicans put together something right now and really get their ducks in a row, they can go out there and start getting answers. So, you know, maybe Durham's done in two or three months. Maybe his report comes out in six months. And then you're going to read it. And then you, you might want to throw out subpoenas. And it's like, well, you know, you're going to have a fight. You know, everybody that you might be interested in is not going to just hand over the documents. And you only have two years before the next election. So if you want to do something that's impactful, you have to do it right at the jump. I mean, you only have two years. So you, you have to walk in there and you have to know who you're going to subpoena and what you're looking for. And there's plenty of information out there to, to start putting that together. But, you know, obviously the, the big point for me is that the same group of researchers, you know, Rodney Joffe, Monosyn Tanakakis, um, uh, David Dagan, and, you know, a, a large group of associated researchers were all involved in this Alpha Bank allegation stuff. And the data has been shown by experts or, or been testified to by many experts to be fabricated, to be false, to be manipulated. And that then you have at least some of those same researchers uh, who ended up working for special counsel Mueller. Um, you know, I just got new documents a couple weeks ago on this. They worked for Mueller. Um, and I'm not misspeaking. I don't mean anybody else. I mean special counsel Mueller um, was was taking in work product from these guys via DARPA. Now, I don't know what that means, okay? There was some type of information laundering process where it went from the researchers to DARPA and then DARPA sent it to Mueller. I don't know why that's set up, but that's, the, that's one of the questions that has to be answered, right? Um, so all of a sudden, you have these researchers that gave work product to the Clinton campaign, right? They didn't stumble across data and then you know, take it to the FBI or any, any of their law enforcement contacts, you know, the, the massive number of contacts they had throughout the government, they didn't go to those guys. They ended up taking it to the Clinton campaign and um, ultimately, you know, uh, facil- or coordinating with Fusion GPS to push to the media. And they started working with the New York Times reporter. They started working with the Slate reporter. And that's where they felt like they should push that information. And that tells you a lot about their motivations. So to see that same group of researchers going and working for Special Counsel Mueller and having a role in the attribution for the DNC hack is a massive, massive red flag for me. I don't know if they did anything wrong on the attribution for the DNC hack. I I can't tell you that they did something wrong on the DNC hack. But the fact that you know, their motivations are suspect. Their work product uh, is, is highly suspect, you know, bordering on, you know, fabricated, whether they knew or whether they should have known that data was fabricated for the Alpha Bank stuff. Maybe they're incompetent. I don't know. Maybe there's an argument there. But somehow they ended up working for Special Counsel Mueller. And I think the evidence is clear. They're the ones that attributed the hack to Russia. I think they're the ones that picked out the 12 GRU operatives. I think those 12 operatives were indicted by Mueller. And I think to this day, they're still under indictment because of, because of Rodney Joffe, Monison Tanakakis, and or David Dagan. And that needs to be explained. You, you can't just walk away from that. And 
this is where I think the Durham report has a high bar. Like there's going to be a lot of problems because all of a sudden these guys are confidential human sources for the FBI and Durham has not charged them with misconduct. So they remain sources and methods that are going to be subject to redaction in a Durham report. So that's, that's one of the other reasons. That's one of the reasons why the House Republicans got to jump on this now. They need to put these subpoenas together. You know, you can put together two or 300 subpoenas based on what we know and start getting those out there. You're going to need documents. You're going to need testimony. You're going to need all these guys to come in and tell you, you know, what the hell is going on. David Dagan had an immunity deal. He can't, he can't fight you on that. So bring David Dagan in. Laura Sego, uh, she had an immunity deal. So bring her in. Let's hear what she has to say as, as well. And then you have so many different contacts, right? And there's so many different angles. And I'm telling you right now, Durham Report is not going to have it all. You know, we, we saw in May, as late as May 2022, he still hadn't gotten all the emails from Fusion GPS. And, and nobody can tell you right now whether or not he got them. So why not, you know, hey, House Republicans, go out there, put those subpoenas together, and you start fighting that battle, right? They threw up a lot of frivolous privilege claims that Durham was fighting. Well, you can pull them over, right? Like, go get them yourself. Don't wait for Durham. Like I said, I don't know if he's going to be done next week. I don't know if his report's going to be out in three months, four months, you know, six months. Go out there and, and, and put the work in. Yeah, it's a lot of information, but there's going to be a lot of questions. And, and, you know, especially when you start looking at the people that have been following this. You know, Senator Grassley, outstanding. Senator Johnson, outstanding. Unfortunately, we didn't take the Senate back. So those guys are not going to be out there. They don't have subpoena power. So they have to download all that knowledge that they've attained into the House Republicans. And I can't pick out a House Republican that I have confidence in. I'm sorry to say, guys, like I, I can't pick out one House Republican that's like, yeah, that's the guy, right? He, he's the one that has all information. He's been following this. I don't know who that is in the House. Devin Nunez, unfortunately, you know, he, he moved on. Otherwise, you know, I would have said Devin Nunez there. But, you know, it, it's too much information to go and read the Durham report and then go out there and try to figure things out. Like, that's, when I, that's why I'm really upset is like, you have to be on this. Right. And if you don't have the information, then you need to call up Devin Nunez. You need to call up the right people and, and put this together now so that in January you walk in there and you drop 200 subpoenas. You know, there's going to be a fight, but there's so many questions. You talk about, you know, what the hell go, is going on in DARPA. That's not just Russiagate, guys. They were doing other criminal investigations. I know the Tree of Life synagogue shooting, you know, all of a sudden the DOJ and the FBI are going to, through DARPA. And that tasking went from DARPA to Manos and Tanakakis. Now, I'm not saying, you know, there's nothing wrong there that I know of, right? Other than the open question of, like, why the hell is that going to DARPA? DARPA is supposed to be, like, this research entity inside the Department of Defense. They do not have an investigative role. They, that is not their mission. So that doesn't make sense. And there's a lot of questions like that where it's like, okay, yeah, they did all this shady stuff as it relates to Trump and as it relates to Russiagate, but the questions are much broader, right? They go far beyond Russiagate. I, I remember documents that I got about a year ago where, you know, the CenturyLink, uh, you know, head of that, I forgot the title, Bill Bradley, I think was his name. He, you know, he walked in there to Manos and Tanakakis, and he's like, 
you know, offering all its customers data to Monos and the Department of Defense through DARPA to analyze all their all their data, right? To monitor it or, or data mine it. And it's like, wait a minute, you know, the customers know about that? You know, there's so many offshoots like that. And, you know, Durham is probably not investigating that, right? If anything, maybe Durham threw out a referral for that. But that's another avenue. Like, are people being spying on without their consent? How about Ops Trust? You know, Margot Cleveland broke that story. It must be eight or nine months ago now. Ops Trust was a secret community where, you know, uh, a highly secretive community of, you know, technology executives, government officials that was set up. And then they unilaterally decide to share their customers' data to share uh, you know, some attack patterns that they're experiencing, some hackers' um, activity like that. But who the hell is overseeing that, right? I want to see some subpoenas. I want to see those guys called to the stand. I want to see what the hell is going on there and what information flows are going back and forth. I know of some allegations of, of certain um, uses of that form to communicate matters that related to Alpha Bank. Um, so yeah, throw some subpoenas out there. I, there's you know people all over the world. You're going to have trouble with that. So get those subpoenas out there, and like that, you just have to right. You just have to have this put together before you go in there in January. So um, MB, I don't know if you want to jump in. I kind of went long winded on that one. I'll add King here too. No, that was, that was great. Um, and I think it really nailed the problem that we're going to see right now. Um, this thing has developed in such so many branches, so many different facets that are honestly far outside of what Durham was charged with initially to do that. Um, just, you know, I've seen, I'm sure we've all, you know, seen how Congress sort of works with these oversight committees and it's just not going to be possible to, I mean, for them to drill down on any one thing is really hard because they all just want to, you know, talk and be heard and get on TV. So, you know, you have to keep your expectations managed when you're dealing with the congressional committee, especially in the house. Um, and I, honestly, I think maybe that's a good, I mean, maybe it's something today, tonight that we can discuss a little bit is, um, what do we think is is the most important things that we would like to see come out of this that the that the house could get on and the house could work on, assuming they're going to take this up? And I will say that I think politically, once the Durham, I'm not, I'm not as negative as, as you are on dead right now about what the house is going to do. I do agree that the time issue is is a, is a real thing, is a big deal. But I'm not surprised they're not talking about uh, RussiaGate right now, and that there's other things that politically have. Uh, kind of taken over. But when Durham's report does come out, and especially if there ends up being some fighting back and forth, which I expect of what is going to be released and what isn't, which I'm very sure that uh, they're not just going to drop everything and let let the chips fall. And I think Durham might, you know, how Durham re reacts to that if he comes out in the media um, and says, look, I'm, I'm I, you know, they, they're basically you know putting all this stuff uh, putting all this stuff under the rug that needs to be come out to the country and i think it could get to that point or to the point where the house has to start subpoenaing things uh, if there's a big fight there it's a big political thing there's a lot of sparks flying and that's what the house responds to so if that becomes you know headline news again then the house is all of a sudden going to go yep it's time that this is what we want to talk about because it's uh you know it's in the news and uh, so i fully expect we'll get back to that so i do think th though that um we, we should like 
in our own way, give some uh, ideas of, all right, what are the documents that we need to see that are the most important? What are the, you know, the witnesses that are most important? And I think that, uh, you know, I I was just looking at uh, Stephen McIntyre's was was just commenting that, you know, uh, the Durham's charge was to investigate the DOJ and the FBI and their potential wrongdoing and their decision-making. And we're so far away from that now because Durham really hasn't gone down that road very much that we have seen. And a lot of us expect, all right, the report is mostly going to pivot back to that. And I think that's very likely true, but um, you know, we, this, this comes down to people have different perspectives and people have different priorities. Um, I think we can all agree that any kind of corruption in the DOJ FBI should be at the top of the list. Any politicization, we've seen plenty of it. Uh, That all needs to be exposed. So maybe that needs to be front and center and everything else go by the wayside. Uh, I'm a big uh, civil rights and uh, anti-surveillance state advocate. So for me, I'd love to see, you know, DARPA and some of these things come up that all the spying going on on domestically that I'd love to see that. But I, I, uh, do agree with the, the, uh, the point that we can't do everything all in one day and we probably have to narrow our focus here or the, or the house is going to have to, that's just the reality of it. So, uh, you know, I, I guess uh, that's kind of where I'm at with this. I mean, it's not just going to be documents. I mean, I, I want to hear people testify. I want to, I want to see president Obama called in and I want to hear his testimony specifically on what he was told, you know, as you know, July tw- 2016. I want to hear about early August as Crossfire Hurricane was getting underway. I want to hear what they told him about Carter Page and what they told him about the Trump campaign. I want to hear what they told him about the Russians that were supposedly doing this hacking. And I want to hear what they, you know, talked about as far as an influence campaign. And then going into December and they're putting together the ICA, you know, how was that put together? What was being communicated to President Obama in early January when the dossier was going to come out? What did they tell Obama? And, uh, you know, leading into the inauguration, you know, why did Susan Rice write that, that cover your ass email about, you know, doing things the right way? I, that's very, very odd. Like, I don't want to see documents. I want to, I want to hear testimony and, you know, I, I don't think Durham has gone down that role, road at all. So that's where you know, you're not duplicating what Durham has done. You're probably going out there and you're getting new information. And it's not a politi- political hit job. Like, I'm not looking to make a circus out of bringing in the president, you know, the former president, um, just for political purposes. Like, it has to be a serious investigation. And literally, I just want to know, what did they tell him? And, and then, you, you know, you talk about John Brennan and the fusion, the fusion cell. Uh, are there connections to some of these researchers? You know, what, what is the extent of the researchers' connections to the NSA and the CIA? I have some indications that they have connections to both. How, how bad is it, right? You see the, the entities for Joffe that were recently in the news, measurement systems and um, uh, trust core, you know, in some type of, uh, spying arrangements where they're surreptitiously collecting data on users that were using various apps. Um, you know, what's the story on that? Like, I, 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 I just don't want it to be, you know, a year from now 
And then they're like, oh, you know, we're going to invite people in and, oh, you know, they don't want to agree to come in. So maybe we'll send in a subpoena and all of a sudden they're fighting a subpoena. And then it's the 2024 election. And it's like, oh, we're creeping into the election. Everything's going to be be politically tainted that you want to drop in public. And, and everybody's trying to push it up for the election. Like it's been six and a half years. It, it's long enough. Like you don't have to wait on John Durham. John Durham's been at it three and a half years. You don't have to worry about interfering with his investigation right now. If he, you know, if he hasn't filed any indictments, I don't think he's going to file any more indictments right now. Like, I think he's wrapping up. So, like, you send the subpoenas out there and, you know, you get to read a lot more. You know, whatever's in John Durham's report, you're not going to see the underlying documents. You know, the grand jury material that is still sequestered, um, for the 12 GRU agents. I want to send subpoenas out there. Like that is not an indictment or a prosecution that will ever happen. You're never going to get those guys extradited. Um, I think there, there's a mountain of evidence in there that is going to look very bad for the government. And I don't think any of that will be in Durham's report. Um, so I, I don't know. I'm, I'm sort of repeating the same things. Um, but well, let me just add one thing that is yeah. good news, right? good news, bad news. The, the, the Republicans don't get the gavel until January. So we've got a couple of months here. And I would definitely expect Durham's report, if not before the end of the year, beginning of next year. So this all might happen sort of simultaneously. And I 100% agree that I hope that Jim Jordan and Daryl Issa are out there like really thinking this stuff through and thinking of what kind of subpoenas they can get together as soon as they you know have the power to do it. I don't know if that's realistic, but I hope that they are. And some other people that some other congressmen that I know follow this stuff and think it's important. So I, I, I do have high hopes and I, I, I kind of have the feeling that Durham may wait until the new Congress sits before he sends his report in that may help his case. I don't know how exactly the mechanics of that work. I know King's looked at that a little bit as far as what the actual law says uh, regarding the special counsel's office. So I, I think a lot of things are going to happen in January really fast that might surprise us. Yeah, that's a fair point. King, I, I see your speaker. I, I don't know if you want to jump in with any thoughts that you have. I hate to rain on parades, but I heard the Republican game plan today. <clears throat> they, they're very public about it. They've got three major investigations <clears throat> that they want to run. One is um, the border. The other is the origins of covid and the third is the Biden family and Hunter Biden and the laptop. And that last one has two components. One is the oversight committee, which is looking at the Biden family corruption is what I'll call it. Corruption and influence peddling. Uh, and the other component is Jim Jordan's um, Judiciary Committee which will be looking at the, <clears throat> the role of the FBI and law enforcement in covering it up. Um, and, and, and to that, I would add Jordan's FBI whistleblowers. Uh, no mention of Russiagate, Mueller, Durham, uh, 
I think the Republican powers that be have decided on their tack, what 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 path they're going to go down as far as major investigations. They don't see this as one. Uh, I think if um, if we have any hope of getting it um, to uh, up into somebody's attention where they want to investigate it, uh, it's going to have to be through the Judiciary Committee um, because it fits you know Durham's um, task in that he was assigned, which is to investigate the. FBI the wrongdoing by the FBI and DOJ in Russiagate. And none of the indictments he brought really addressed that head on. Uh, presumably his report will, but that does fit within the Judiciary Committee's jurisdiction. So if if it's if it's a strong report or if somebody knows somebody on Jordan's committee uh, with uh, some stroke. Maybe we can squeeze that in, but right now it's a long shot. Well, I, I see it the same way. I, I think you're spot on. I think they laid out what their priorities are going to be. Um, and the fact that they omitted any mention of Russiagate told me like, it's not going to be a focus for them. And, you know, I, I have talked to some people that are in DC um, that work in Capitol Hill. And they're, t- they told me they're like, yeah, you, you know, nobody's talking about it. Nobody's talking about Russiagate. Um, so that was like another indication of me, like it's totally off their radar. And that's the part that really upset me. And that's why I scheduled this chat. It's like, it has to be like, this is far more important than what Hunter Biden was doing. This is more important than you know what's happening at the border as bad as that is and it's you know the covid stuff there's there's plenty of interest out there like somebody's going to get to the bottom of that i think it's pretty clear um you know there's there's plenty of evidence that's already in the public for discussion um but like this this is big this dominated the news cycle for three years um you know everything's you know Every single night, we had to suffer through CNN saying, you know, the walls are closing in. Trump's going to have to resign. And, and, you know, there's a whole generation of people that, that still believe that there's Russian collusion, despite the evidence that's already in the public. And one of the big things that really, really bothers me is that we've known for like eight months now that these same guys that were in the, that did make the news um, f- to some extent for their work in the Alpha Bank stuff, they're also associated with the DNC hack investigation. They're also associated with the attribution for the hack. And they, they work directly for Mueller. And it's like, how do you not elevate that? Like, I don't even know if the House Republicans know that. I, I honestly don't. I don't think they know as much as us. And, and that, that's unacceptable because if they do know as much as us, it has to be a priority because there's just too many open questions. And, you know, who knows? Maybe Durham finds, you know, another reason to open a grand jury. Maybe he's not done a year from now. Maybe he's not done two years from now. Do you really want to go 
into another election without having the answers. And the only way you can say yes to that is if you don't know what's going on. And by them omitting any mention of Russiagate, that tells me like they don't know what's going on. So what do I have to do? Like, do I have to write 200 letters to all the, you know, all the GOP congressmen? Do I have to write, you know, 200 letters a week and send them in until people start reading them? You know, do I have to email? Do I have to call them? How, how do I get this information into their, um, their, their hemisphere? Like, like, What's it, what would it have to take? People, it, it shocks the hell out of me that people would want to move on because there are crimes in Russiagate. There are absolutely crimes. I don't know if Durham's going to be able to prosecute them, right? He, he's had a lot of trouble just on false statements, but there are absolutely crimes. And, and you know, if you're looking for a political win, and, and that seems to be what they're going for for Hunter Biden. I mean, they're just looking for political points. Go to Russiagate. I mean, you like that is the number one issue I would go to if I was just looking for political points. But if you're actually serious about accountability, like start reading the documents, right? I I I don't I, I just don't understand how they could omit any mention of Russiagate. You know, yeah, it's not in the public conversation right now. Um, you know. I talk about, you know, the House Republicans probably don't know as much as us sleuths know. Well, the American public doesn't either. And that's where, you know, the House Republicans have to adapt. They have to have that knowledge just be like, well, okay, like it's not in the public mindset. They're not emailing us about this because they don't know, but they have to take some responsibility and like start putting together information. And you know what? You can hammer the Democrats. Like, if that's all you want, if you're just like a scumbag who doesn't care about anything but political wins and elections and shit, fine. Like, okay, that's fine. Use this for political purposes. I don't care what your motivations are. But there has to be some real accountability. There has to be some disclosures. I mean, hell, we just found out a couple weeks ago that Igor Danchenko was a paid confidential human source. Like, well after the IG Horowitz report came out, right? They hid him from Devin Nunez in March 2017 by making him a paid CHS, and they kept him on the payroll, right? The, the IG Horowitz report dropped in December 2019, and they kept paying him. They kept him on the payroll to continue hiding them. So, like, mere exposure is probably not enough. Like, you need to put them on the witness stand and have them talk about it. You know, we just saw the Democrats do this for January 6th stuff. I don't know if it had any impact on the election, but like, fine. Like if you want to, you want a bunch of airtime, you want to, you know, play games with it or whatever, like you're going to do with Hunter Biden stuff. Fine. Have some prime, prime time hearings, throw people up there, embarrass them, do whatever. That's not what I'm after. I'm after like the actual answers, but you know, whatever your motivations are, there's plenty of stuff here. And, and I don't know if it's like QAnon. I don't know if it's like a bunch of, you know, thousands or maybe hundreds of people that are emailing I'm talking about military tribunals and whatever QAnon, you know, garbage that is. I don't know if that's what's turned them off. I don't know, you know, if Russiagate, like the mention of Russiagate is just like a, a non-starter for them now because it's been ruined or they, they just wave their hand at it. Like there is some substantive issues. Like, like I, I've mentioned several times now, the fact that you have the same people being involved in the Mueller investigation, that, that, that should be enough.
Um, I don't know if they did anything wrong on the DNC hack. I don't know that. But that is just, you have to ask that question. So you, you just have to. And, and you go, I could do this all night, right? We could go topic by topic. You know, we still have so many questions about, you know, Group IB and Ilya Sachkov and Sergey Mikhailov and what role they had with the attribution um, to the GRU and what their motivations might have been. You know, they're, they're sitting in a Russian jail tonight. Don't they deserve, don't they deserve, you know, some, some attention on why they're in a jail? Like, apparently they had some ties to U.S. intelligence and we're just leaving them in jail. Like, there's no oversight hearing on that. Like, apparently we didn't protect those sources and methods, right? Um, but we're going to get this Durham report. And I think, I'll, I think it's going to be redacted in, in certain places that, um, are probably unacceptable. So I don't know. MB yeah. King, guys, have anything else? Yeah, I'm dead. I'm gonna walk you off the ledge here. And here's yeah, how walk gonna... me off the ledge <laughs> because I'm telling you back to the roof, or, or for... just let me drop. <laughs> no, no, no. Listen, politically, don't worry about what the Republicans are talking about right now. The Republicans in Congress is going to go where the heat is. And when this Durham report drops, it's going to be a bigger deal than any of the Hunter stuff right now, any other stuff. And I'm not saying that because of our bias toward this. I'm saying because that's just a Washington fact that you're bringing in a special counsel's report. It's a big deal. It's non it's nonpartisan. This is coming out of the Justice Department. This is going to be something that John Durham is going to testify in front of Congress, right? Did, did the Republicans mention anything about that in their platform or their planning? No, because it's just baked into the cake. It's going to happen. They're going to interview John Durham. He is going to do what Mueller did, and get. but he's going to be coherent, and he is going to be very sharp, and he's going to give a whole bunch of information. Now, that is going to be where the fire is. That's going to be front page of New York Times. That's going to be, you know, CNN, can have, you know, all the mainstream media, they can't ignore this stuff. So once that happens, I fully believe, and I, I think this is going to be proven out, is that that's where the interest will lie and Congress will go where the interest lies. That's where the hearings are going to be. They're going to hear things that are going to go. You're going to hear this probably a hundred times when Durham testifies. Well, we're going to have to get to the bottom of that. We're going to have to have hearings. We're going to want to talk to that person. Um, I fully believe that's how this is going to go down. So I don't worry about what they're saying right now. They're saying about uh, they're talking politics. They're laying out their, their what they think their schedule is going to be. Circumstances are going to dictate what their schedule is going to be. Yeah, but what if it's not done by January? I mean, that that is my big concern. Maybe Durham's done now. I, for all I know, that could that's entirely possible. But what if the the Department of Justice, politicized as it is under Garland, what if they just slow walk the redaction process? You know, what if they drag that out by six or seven months? Uh, that's entirely possible. And, and that's like the point I, I keep making. Like, that's why you have to jump on this in January. And, you know, you have to take responsibility for it as the House Republicans to know the information that's publicly available right now and start throwing out those subpoenas. Well, can you know, we... Steph, can we yeah, uh, I'm sorry, but can we bring in King here to talk about how this process is supposed to work? Um, because once Durham closes out his, his investigation, delivers his report to the attorney general, um, how, how is that like what how is that going to go down? Does, is there any reason that the Congress can't 
decide, hey, well, you're stonewalling us. Well, we want to talk to John Durham. So let's bring John Durham in and let's let's because uh, I mean, Jim Jordan's not going to sit there and, and, and just go, oh, well, you know, Attorney General says we can't have this stuff and we can't talk about it. And I'm not getting the report that the law says I'm due. It's not he's that that's the kind of that's what I'm talking about. When that kind of stuff happens, that's when people start getting upset and and, and uh, Congress starts getting interested. Uh, I agree with that 100 percent. I think the strategy should be uh, to do what they used to say, have the camel get his nose inside the tent. You've got to get Jordan's attention before all this comes to pass. You've got to somebody has to convince him that that. Uh, thread by Stephen McIntyre outlines the worst abuse by the FBI and other intel agencies than anything he is talking about investigating. Uh, it's worse than Hunter Biden. It's worse than what the whistleblowers are talking about. Uh, it, it, is, it's, it, it needs addressing. And he has in mind painting a bullseye on Chris Ray and the upper echelons at the FBI. And this, that story of how the FBI has reached a dead end and they knew their investigation against Trump was over, they nevertheless hid from the DOJ and from Congress what they had learned about how phony it all had been uh, and they pursued uh, a, a plan to get the DOJ and Congress to jump on the bank wagon to let them keep investigating and that happened early in Trump's administration uh, very as soon as Sessions recused uh, that was their plan and Comey pulled it off and that's a story that needs to be told. And if it's told to the right people on Jordan's committee, they we may have our nose in the tent. Hey, can I just throw in a quick thought, an overview of what I think the biggest hurdle is? Pretty quick. Yeah, go ahead. Um, so, and just bear with me just for a second. I, I think it, if you look at how the RNC and both houses of Congress feel about Trump, and they made that pretty clear and evident in this midterm election with the assistance or lack of assistance to certain candidates in certain areas, and they bunged it up so bad, whether it was on purpose or not, you know, that that's you know, debatable, but they almost didn't win the house and probably one of the easiest to win midterm elections ever because of everything that's so horribly wrong with the country right now. And I think that's a point that you really can't argue. So they weren't interested in helping the MAGA side of the party or the Trump side of the party. And I think as we look at everything that you guys have talked about is 100% true. There, there are criminal elements to this thing. There are things that just need to be shouted at the mountaintop. But to that end, I believe and I feel like if they do that, if they put a committee on that, if they show a lot of focus on it, and then if they actually 
put together a credible report and issue some subpoenas and come up with a smoking gun or don't come up with a smoking gun. But what they do come up with ends up benefiting Trump and say, hey, this Russiagate thing, look, this was meant to harm Donald J. Trump, and it did harm them. The power of our government, of the intelligence agencies, of the political side of our government, of the executive branch of our government, went after our president and harmed him and literally tried to take him out. I think that ends up being a boost and a help to Trump, who is now running for president of the United States. And I don't think it takes me to tell everybody that there's not a lot of people on Capitol Hill that are super happy about that, and certainly not in Congress. And there are some who are actively dead set against him doing it. So I think, you know, really nailing this Russiagate thing down would be overall beneficial news to Trump. And I don't think they're excited about that. I think this Hunter Biden laptop thing, I think they want to show that they can go after a portion of that, you know, whether that was uh, suppressive and keeping, you know, voters away from the polls by, by holding it back and voter suppression. Maybe they'll take that angle a little bit, but I don't think they're going to go to the Russiagate thing because that's obviously harmful to Trump, which if they prove that or made it evident to everyone, it would be beneficial to Trump. And I don't think there's an appetite for that in either House of Congress. That's a really good point. Honestly, yeah. That is. yeah, I think that's a, a shiny new thing. The, the um, Hunter Biden laptop two years later. 100% Willie. MB, did you have anything else, or King? I, I hadn't thought of Mitt's point, and that's really worrisome that, <laughs> you know, Trump being involved in this could actually, being involved in the election could be a good reason for a lot of people in Congress not to want anything to do with it. And that is too bad, because while Trump is the victim of this, this isn't really about Trump, it's about our government and much, much bigger picture than just one candidate or one president, uh, that this could happen again and again. And I hope that Congress is smart enough to realize that if it happened to Donald Trump, it could happen to any of them, any of us. Um, and that's really what's important here. That was my point about the camel, the camel's nose under the tent. Uh, Jordan has the FBI, the higher echelons of the FBI in his sights. And he, he said it today. It's, it's partly, you know, to bring them to account and partly to uh, produce some legislation that cuts their wings so they can't do that again. And what is that? Well, that is more, a whole lot more than the Hunter Biden laptop. The, uh, uh, the story about how they took after Trump and then hid it from Congress for all those years is as compelling or more compelling than the Hunter Biden laptop story. Uh, it's, it's part of the same scheme, the same design. And you don't have to even talk about Trump to get that into the public sphere. Uh, and, and 
it, 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 it just cries out for somebody on our side to talk to anybody they know in the, the House Judiciary Committee uh, to you know, give us an audience with your staff, your legal staff. Let us make the case here to show you why you're, you're overlooking uh, one of your strongest points and the public really needs to know what happened. Well, I really like that that second point that you just made, King. I I think it goes to the the first point though, because as it relates to the calculus of whether this would help Trump or hurt Trump, I don't think that's a consideration right now because I don't think that any of the House Republicans are following this. Like I, I don't think they know as much as we do. Um, certainly in the Senate, that would have been a lot better for us because, um, you know, Senator Grassley, Senator Johnson, they certainly do follow this. I, I know they've been writing a lot of letters and, and they've been staying on top of this. You can see that over the last few years. But unfortunately, you know, we didn't take back the Senate. So it, it falls to the House Republicans. And, you know, I, I just don't see it. Like, I, I don't think they know, like, any of the stuff that we've been talking about tonight. I don't think they know that these guys were involved with Mueller and, and that should be enough. Like if they knew that these, the same group was involved in DNC hack attribution and they were providing work product directly to special counsel Mueller through DARPA, um, as, as the case may be like, that should be enough. And that it, like, we have to be careful, right? Because there's so many lawyers circling around. Like, I don't know that any wrong wrongdoing occurred, on the DNC hack, but it's more than sufficient to raise the questions, right? You have to ask the questions to find out, you know, are there nefarious motivations? Like what, you know, of all the cybersecurity researchers out there in the world, why are the same few involved in both, both matters? Like how did that even come to pass? Like who at the FBI approved that? You know, what does that look like at DARPA? You know, there's a lot of problems with getting FOIA documents from DARPA right now. Um, I would love to see some of those guys called in, um, you know, by by the House Judiciary Committee or, or whatever committees that that's out there, because you're you're just not going to get all the answers that you need in the Durham report, and and you just got to get the ball rolling. It and I, I've made this point three or four times. Like, if the Durham report comes out next week, then yeah, fine, right. The, the public sentiment will take run its course and certainly, you know, John Durham will come in and testify and then maybe there'll be a few subpoenas out there. Um, you know, but, but that seems more reactive to me. Right. So maybe the report comes out that I don't see then them using that as a, as a full investigation. That's really what I want. I want a full investigation. I want everybody to be subpoenaed. I want everybody to come in and give testimony I don't want a limited engagement. I don't want to see just a few follow-up points on, on things that the Durham report didn't quite answer fully or, or questions that popped up. That's not what I want. I want to see right from the jump in January, you know, everybody subpoenaed. And then, and then you're, you're protected a little bit, right? If you've done the research now to, 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 to do that prep work, you know, if Durham, you know, his report, if it doesn't come out for a year, then you've already got the ball rolling. You know, Stefan Helper. You know, they tried to subpoena him like three or four years ago, and he just blew them off apparently, right? You guys remember that when Senator Johnson subpoenaed all those people? 
and they they all just blew it off and it's like no like that can't happen again we need stefan halpler to come in and we need to see his testimony we're not going to see you know all the underlying documentation of john durham and that's going to leave a lot of information out and that that's what is truly unacceptable that's what i don't want and and yeah they have to go out there they have to you know, release documents that they have, you know, there's plenty of transcripts that, that everybody knows about on, um, you know, the HIPSI ICA report is one that I, I want to see. Um, so yeah, I'm sure they'll make some efforts there and yeah, you know, public sentiment will dictate somewhat of what they do and yeah, they might bring in a few people, but that, that's really not what I want. I don't want to see a political circus that they're just using for political points. Like I want, the serious investigation. I want to see everything covered. So to, to, to have a full or to, to induce the uh, politicians to engage in a full investigation, you have to fit your case in to their agenda. And right now, as best I can tell, somebody correct me if they see otherwise, the best I can tell, the Republicans' agenda may be heading towards reducing the authority of the FBI, maybe eliminating its uh, uh, domestic intelligence authority, spinning that off into another agency. Uh, the the you know, everything you read, you see more and more commentators calling out the FBI for the abuse that's that's enabled because they have both criminal investigative authority as well as domestic intelligence authority. And there are more and more, all the whistleblowers that Jordan has in his pocket are complaining about the intelligence gathering arm of the FBI and, and complaining to him how that function has taken over the leadership of the FBI and it's being abused through uh, expansion of that authority as well as use of confidential human sources, uh, you know, the Governor Whitmer kidnapping plot that, that started as domestic intelligence. Uh, so it... Th- th- there's a message that we're getting from the Republicans in charge right now. And our story, our case fits that message and helps them make it. That's how you get an investigation, a full blown investigation uh, set up in Congress. Yeah, I, I agree with King. Um, I will say if uh, to the, to the, uh, point of trying to narrow this as, as opposed to widen it if you throw the entire net over this like you're talking about undead we're talking this isn't just one committee that like the Ju- judiciary committee wouldn't necessarily be involved in all the all these intelligence matters and you're talking about darpa we're, then we're bringing in the intel committee the armed service committee and until somebody sets up some blue ribble blue ribbon you know giant you know um bipartisan committee it's just it's too big for anyone committee to handle and so 
I, my, I think it's it's we'd be well served to look at all right what as King said can get the the, the camel's nose under the tent here, um, and, and I, it's, the Judiciary Committee seems to be ground zero, and that is the the wrongdoing of the FBI, the wrongdoing the politicization politicization of the DOJ, the things that Durham we expect to report on, and I know we don't want to you know bank on waiting for that, but we may not have a choice, um, but I think. All these other things can evolve from that. And if they're as bad as we know them to be and that and they can be proven to be, all these things can sprout. I, I mean, I'm not old enough to remember Watergate. I'm not old enough. You know, I was I was a kid when uh, Iran-Contra happened, but these things didn't happen overnight. But they once they got once they got legs, they took off and everybody wanted a part of it because it was the, that's what was on everybody's front of mind. That's where the heat was. And I, I just feel like that can happen here. Uh, we have to be somewhat patient. And I know none of us want to be patient. It's been six years plus, but don't despair. And uh, but also don't set up, you know, things that just can't happen. I, I don't think that, you know, Jim Jordan's committee is going to walk out and bring all this stuff, you know, and, and drop it on the on the floor on the first day. It's, it, that's just not the way things work. It's got to work that way. I mean, adapt or die. Right. We just saw the the Democrats come out here with a highly coordinated campaign, right? They just spent a couple of years with January 6th, highly uh, uh, organized, very, um, lost the word I was thinking of, but, but like uh, structured, right? They, they, they had it all out, you know, they knew exactly what they wanted to hear. Um, you know, presentation was out there, primetime hearings, whatever. Like you should be able to put that together right now. Um, you know, it's November, you got two months to plan it out. You know, you talk about, yeah, one commute, one committee is not going to be enough for this. Well, that's why that like, that's why what I'm talking about right now, like put it together so that you can get this in front of the right committees for the different elements that are out there. Right. Should these guys still have federal contracts? Right. Because they do. Georgia tech still has contracts. These guys and all their private entities, uh, they still have contracts. You know, you see these meter reports about measurement systems and trust core over the last couple weeks. I bet you those entities still have active contracts with the federal government right now. Should they? I, I don't think they should. Um, you know, there's so many different offshoots to this. And it's like, yeah, it's it's a massive. And, and I understand what you're saying, NB. Like, you, you know, it's going to be really hard. It would be too hard to hit the ground running on day one. But they have to. Like, if you want to do this right, like you... You put it together now, you know, talking about Hunter Biden and stuff like that is like, you just don't need it. You, you know, nothing's going to happen. Nothing substantive is going to happen with Hunter Biden. You could be using all of that time, all that energy that you're, you're wasting, frankly, on that stuff and put together Russiagate. And like, you don't have to run to the media and explain it and market it and whatever else. Like you can do a serious investigation and find out what the hell is going on with our country. Um, you know, there, there, in history, there have been some very important congressional investigations out there. Um, not recently, unfortunately. Um, I think Devin Nunez did some really good work um, for the, you know, the first year or two of Russiagate. I, I understand he was kind of stopped by the Mueller and, and everything else that was going on. But like, you're not subservient to that, to the executive branch either. Like, you can fulfill your oversight function 
you can go out there and, and figure out what is going on. And, you know, it's sort of a cynical time in our country where it's like, they're not even going to try to do legislation, right? Like, like there's no thought out there like, oh yeah, they're going to put together a really good education bill or, you know, save social security. Like, no, that's not even on the table. We're talking about investigations. So let's go with that. Like, like if you're going to have two years of investigations because you know, you can't, you know, fulfill your functions in other, in other ways, fine. Let's do the best two damn years of investigations you can do and, and, you know, get this solved and you don't have to wait until it's in the, in the public sphere, right? You don't have to wait for John Durham to put it out there and let it blow up in the media uh, to pressure you into doing the right thing because, you know, all these guys, you know, Jim Jordan, you know, they've been on TV plenty over the last few years promising like they're going to get to the bottom of it. And they haven't. They, you know, they paid lip service to it. They paid enough lip service to it. So you've got two months. You've got 60 days, plenty of time, structure the investigation, um, you know, calling the slews. There's nothing wrong. You know, Stephen McIntyre, fantastic work over the past years. There's nothing wrong. Call him up. I bet you Stephen McIntyre would take that phone call. He would explain to them, you know, some of his theories. You know, everybody's going to have different perspectives. Call up Fool Nelson. You know, you've seen him break story after story. If you've been doing your due diligence on this, call up Fool Nelson. There's nothing wrong with that. Technofog, call him up. You know, what is his perspective? Um, you know, what should they be looking at? Those are great questions to ask. And there's no reason, there's no reason that you're not asking those right now. So, um, you know, I don't want to hear anything else about Hunter Biden. I, I don't give a damn about Hunter Biden. It, you know, it, there might be some substance to the allegations, influence peddling. Yeah, that you know, that's fine. That that's not going to move the needle. Like, there, there's just way too much here. Um, you know, you're going to wait for Durham and then read the report, and then you know, you're going to have questions and, and like, no, like. Learn as much as you can now. Take responsibility, as I said, and, and walk in there on day one with a plan and, and lines of inquiry that you're going to pursue. And, you know, a hell of a lot of subpoenas. Draft those subpoenas and, and you know, throw them out there and anticipate that fight and, you know, get them out there so that we don't, you know, we can put this to bed finally. So you, you brought up a great point about the January 6th committee. And I think the way they did that, that's the way the Democrats operate. And I don't think that we have that on the Republican side. And one of the reasons, especially for the January 6th committee, the reason they were able to go full throated when they put that thing together, if you think back of the political landscape, when that was happening, there were more than 20 Republican house members that supported Liz Cheney and the January 6th committee. There were a bunch that voted for Trump's impeachment. And in the Senate, there were probably 10 or 15. Now, for them to put together a January 6th type committee, the Republicans, with absolutely zero, and I mean zero support from any of the Democrats, and probably a handful of the House uh, or a handful of the Senate and 20 to 30 uh, Congress people dead set against it, I just don't think it would happen. I, I tweeted that earlier today about the Jan 6th committee, and, and I think maybe the reckoning, maybe on his site uh, about the way they do it we wouldn't do it we 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 bring we bring a knife to a gunfight and and we, we we shouldn't be doing that we should have these radical 
attorney aides assisting our Congress people that will come up with the most grandiose, wild type of subpoena and affidavit to bring somebody in that just is off the charts ridiculous, but do it. But I don't think they have the appetite for it. I don't think it's going to happen. Look at Mike McCarthy. Look at who he is. I don't think Mike McCarthy is going to go back six years to do a Russiagate thing. I don't think he's going to let that happen. But I think there's some other stuff that will happen. And uh, uh, Kingmakers, you know, touched on it a little bit. MB did also. And it it hurts me. It makes me sad to think so. But I just think that's the way it's going to go. MB or King, I don't know if you guys have anything else. We don't necessarily have to go um, much longer. I feel like if I keep talking, I'm going to keep repeating myself. So I don't want to do that. Um, but King, if you guys have anything or uh, MB, otherwise I'll probably wrap this one up and tweet it out so people can listen to it if they want to. I have one thing. Um, if we uh, look at Mueller's team afterwards, a lot of his agents actually have become contributors and talk about their work on like CNN or MSNBC. So we could look towards after he, his completion and the report, like talking to trying to talk to people like Keith Lippis or pop my head. But um, that could also be an avenue to figure out, you know, maybe some other things. Yeah, that's a good point. Yeah, I'd love to talk to John D. Philippus. I'm sure he's got a ton to say, but none of this is going to happen until the Durham report comes out, and all that kind of works its way through, because uh, you know that's the way at least Durham Republicans operate. Not uh, not to equate the two, but his team is just locked down. But I do think that when they feel it's uh, the correct time or the, the the legal time or the ethical time that they will, you know, have a lot to say. Um, and that'll probably be really interesting. Uh, I guess my last thing is yeah, you guys, you know, I think we're all saying the same things here. And Undead makes a great point that uh, Congress does need to be on top of figuring out what they're going to do and have the game plan, even if it's not announced, even if it's not scheduled, whatever. But when this stuff is ripe they better have their stuff together because it's been years and the resources are there their people are are available uh if they don't know the details the people that do know the details are available you can go you know we just went through a laundry list of of, of who knows the facts and can deliver them to you and we'd be more than happy to for no charge you know we talk about this stuff all the time for free and we'd love to just bend somebody's ear and say look here are the cliff notes of it here are the important things just listen and you will either be convinced or not but we think you will definitely be convinced and at least you will know what the story is before you you know have to make these decisions so uh i guess that's my final thought is that uh i i do think that when the time comes, uh, the opportunity is going to be there. I really hope that the Republicans look past the politics of the moment and look at what's important for the country, what's important for our institutions, because uh, these uh, wrongdoing that we have identified here are much more important than any one president, any one Congress, any individuals. This is uh, part of our uh, the infrastructure, the, the, the threads of our country that, that hold everything together. And, uh, if they're politicized, we uh, woe on to us. So 
thanks uh thanks for listening yeah thanks guys i'm gonna go ahead and end it here um if you guys came late uh you can listen to the replay um after we we end but uh yeah i mean hopefully like mb said i mean the resources are there if you know congressman members are out there and they want to say, you know, Hey, what, what should we be doing? What should we be thinking about? You know, there's a whole bunch of sleuths out there. You know, I mentioned Stephen McIntyre, you can talk to fool Nelson or Walker fire or, or Hans or, you know, techno fog, you know, there's some really, really good researchers out there that have proven themselves. You know, they're not QAnon conspiracy nut jobs. You know, they, their work speaks for themselves and, you know, whoever it is, whether it's Jim Jordan, whether it's some other member of Congress, I mean, you can call these guys, you know, you can ask them to keep it confidential. They're not going to, you know, they're not going to blast out that they just, you know, had a phone call with you. Um, you know, they're going to keep it between the two of you and you can ask whatever you want. And chances are they're going to have some great information, whether, you know, re referring you to a document or a series of documents and walking you through point by point. I mean, we have a lot of documents through FOIA, which are not really widely distributed in the public. Um, you know, there's a lot of great research just compiled by some of the sleuths out there um, that that'll lead you to some really good questions. And, and that's, you know, that's one of the big value propositions of the sleuths out there is, you know, we don't necessarily have all the answers, but, you know, damn, we have a lot of really good questions and, and, you know, use us. So that, that's something I, I post, you know, pretty regular, like call us up, you know, like MB said, like, we're not going to charge you. <laughs> like, uh, I don't know. So anyway, point's been made. Um, I hope everybody has a good weekend. I, I think we have Friday left, but other than that, I hope everybody has a good weekend and uh, I will see you guys next time. Happy Thanksgiving. Yeah, happy Thanksgiving. See you guys.